Okay, this is the Dino Dad chat. And you can stand in front. You can come a little closer. There we go. And uh, we have Jason Luna on on the the podcast thing that we're doing here. And yeah, I could say hi. whatever. It could be. It's a comedy. Hello. It's a comedy. It's a com document document. Whatever. I don't know what it is. But um, uh, I met him outside Flappers tonight because I'm going to see uh, Scott Bluegrind later. And I just dawned on me that they had an open mic. I tried to get on it. It wasn't happening, but you were there, and you are here. You're willing to be interviewed, impromptu. So, how are you doing today? Oh, uh, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, and so how long have you been doing comedy? I think um, I've been interested in comedy in one form or another uh, most of my life, uh-huh. but I think I really started pursuing it as a career-ish uh, for the past... I'll say about six or so years, and I moved to LA full time about three years ago okay. to uh, mostly do improv comedy at first. Okay. But then there was some stand up that came up along the way, and I'm trying to be an actual actor. Okay. Yeah. So you've been performing since you were a kid. Yeah. And you went to improv and learned kind of that, and then you transitioned to stand up somehow along the way. And now you, I overheard you have an agent. Yes. So you're really kind of living the Hollywood dream. Yeah. Oh, kind God, of, yeah. more or less. Yeah. Oh, let's go back. So you were a kid. You, <laughs> oh, yeah, we're, I should stand here. You were, you were a kid. And, and, and you said you've been doing it this whole life. So what, what kind of got you into it? What, were your parents interested in this? Or what, 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 what about you was drawn to being funny? Yeah, I think um, I don't, my, my parents were very encouraging for a... Uh, me and my brother as children to have, to have fun and explore things and, and actually as part of that was watching cartoons and watching movies and then just out of curiosity I got involved in the drama club in the fourth grade uh-huh. and I, there was a lot of comedic roles a few dramatic but mostly comedic uh-huh. and I really I, I had that connection of like oh you show up and you express yourself creatively for fun for hours and that, that can be a job like yeah. people make money doing this so yeah. I was like I'd always been interested, and it dropped off a little bit in college. College was like a little, I was trying to be a little more serious. Yeah. Once I got out of college, um, that's when I started taking improv classes, which turned into acting classes and stuff. But yeah, that, so the, that's kind of the, 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 the quick So that's, that's the, the, the quick and short of it. So you, you went to college. Did you, did you think that after college you were going to continue doing this, or were you thinking that you were going to do something else along the lines? Um, yeah, college was very indecisive for me. I think... Um, there was a general inclination that I was going to um, become something like an English professor. Uh-huh. I wasn't super serious about it, but it felt like I'm good at English and this is the, this is the only thing that, that you know sort of lines up. Mm-hmm. But then um, after taking a, a couple years off of school, um, I was very random, I decided to go to, to film school okay. to be a director. Uh-huh. I didn't have a lot of background in that, but I was very, very interested so I actually went through a two-year MFA program. It became a film, you know, technically I'm a film director, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know how to do this stuff. Yeah, you, yeah. You shouldn't be asking me if the, <laughs> if the cameras... You should know what to do. I, you should be telling me what I'm doing. Right, but I mean, since, since it's, it's your show, you know, you need to defer, defer to the director, as so to speak. Sure, I, I, just, I just wrote somebody today saying, I guess I'm the director, but... Could I have some direction here on what oh, yeah. to do? Because I've never done this before. And so, I, I mean, that's the thing in L.A. 
you, you meet everybody. It, 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 in Seattle, you tell people you're filming a documentary, and then they're like, wow. Here they're like, okay. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> and, and you're a comedian, and you're interested in acting. Okay, so is everybody else. What's more unique is if you're a car mechanic, and that's all you want to be. Right. You know? And occasionally I'll find somebody who's like, yeah, I used to have dreams, and now I just fix cars. It's, it's a lot easier. But I have my own reality show called Hot Rods and whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, so so I've only been here for, for two weeks, kind of trying to understand the scene here a little bit. I haven't really dove too much into it. I've just seen different open mics in L.A. I've been to the, the L.A. School of Comedy, which is very intimate. It's like a living room. Then there's uh, the Fanatic Salon. There's um, I went. To, there's this place called Magic Meow, which is like a haunted house kind of place. It was, it's go. It's tonight at like 10 p.m. It's a really good one. The Gauntlet Comedy runs it. It was really every. They I didn't do this, but I did my little Dino Dad character, and they basically were just they sell a bunch of weed to everybody. Wow! And it was on <laughs> Passover, so. I, which we, I mean, it's it's weird because you're in the you're not supposed to eat whatever the food thing is the whole thing on Passover. But I I leaned in. I mean, there were enough Jews there, so we got to. Um, I got this. I don't even know. Do you know the Hebrew song Dayenu? I don't know any Hebrew song. All right. Well, can, uh, there's a song that goes Elu Hoti Hoti Yanu Hoti Yanu Mi Mitzrayim Hoti Yanu Mi Mitzrayim, and the chorus is Dai Dayenu Dai Dayenu. Dayenu, 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 and I and and I don't know. It was just a great crowd that sang this Jewish song all wow. together, and I did the grumpy little thing. But it's it's a fun one. I recommend it. But it's really neat to see all these different ones. And I'll go on about one more mic, and then I want to hear your takes on the mics and what you've seen. Yeah. But I went to this one open mic called um, Streaming Hope, which is not a comedy mic. It was music, poetry, and. Um, they let me do comedy but they also made it very therapeutic they were like this is about connection and they even had me go up before I did my set to just talk about who I am like it was an AA meeting I was like okay and they you know I told them what was going on for me a little personally and why I'm doing this but what what is your take on this scene what are the what do you like about it what do you like about it what are your favorite spots what are your least favorite spots that kind of thing however you want to go with it sure yeah um, well I'm very familiar with flappers yeah, uh, I can't. This this whole which years was which with the pandemic and stuff. Yeah, it's no, very, it, it's very it, it is. But, the, yeah. So some years ago, um, I took a class at Flatbird as a whim yeah. before I had done a show, a uh-huh. gig. So I learned. I so very rare for a comic to learn that way yeah. through you know structural uh, instruction uh-huh. as opposed to winging it on stage and having fun or whatever. So anyway, Flappers taught me, and then Flappers was like, "Oh, you're pretty good at." taking this class wherever they put me on a showcase there uh-huh. oh that's cool yeah I mean it's a student show so it's like the bar is a little lower maybe yeah but at the same time it's pretty cool to go up and have people like yeah. laughing at jokes and stuff yeah, yeah. yeah. I have an actual audience yeah instead of like comedian actually tonight's flat audience was, was fantastic it was like, yeah. it was like people were there to support but yeah yeah, yeah. so you got to you got to go on stage for this student led kind of thing and yeah and, and it, it it seems it's, things seem, seem to organically grow from that. Yeah. Like I did a student show, which booked into the the show that's actually happening tonight, the Flat, Speakeasy Showcase. Oh. Okay. Which is like which is like a little more professional, yeah. still new comics, but it's like a little different. I got I got one of those off a student show. Uh huh. So Flappers has been very 
I guess, good to me, for lack of a better term. Yeah, yeah. it seems like, you know, know, there's, like, the comedy store, and I'm just kind of noticing a difference. You know, have you been to the comedy store? Uh, yeah, I've... I've only watched like like kind of like we were talking about before you you know the pros like Neil Brennan and stuff. I've yeah. seen, I've seen shows there, but yeah. no, but no like uh, Mike or student experience. Yeah, you know per se. the yeah. only way really in there, from what I understand, is is um like knowing somebody, getting a job, or they like start noticing your material. I think what I understood about that place is before when Mitzi Shore, which is Polly Shore's mom, right. ran that place, like she was actively trying to help like new comedians get in there she really kind of did that as well as like the whole thing is that they tell you this is where people used to snort coke in the back there's a lot of history here of coke sure, yeah. just you're, you're looking around <laughs> i got to meet Polly shore briefly i didn't talk to him much but he like he was just walking by and i said great job with this musician that you got in here and he's like he's really friendly i talked I, I tried to talk to aziz i'm sorry i i said hey aziz and he goes hey and he looked at me like he didn't know who he was, who I am, but which he should not have known who I, who I am. Yeah, yeah, And then I said, I'm from South Carolina. And he just looked at me, okay, and then just wandered off. But, it, but that's the thing is you just hang out around there and you meet some people who are, I mean, I get the comedians that are just, that's their job. They're just doing it. They go home like any other job. But some of them just like hang around and kind of schmooze with you. Yeah. Uh, but but there, what is it about the flappers that you really like? seems like it's been you know helpful yeah i think um you know it was like i like the i like the location in burbank yeah um just because there's parking yeah and yeah it's it's very structured in that way yeah and uh, yeah i just like the access to it is very direct yeah like i know what to do to um for example if i wanted to audition for 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 a show i know i know i know what day to go into audition here so that it, it, maybe yeah. other, maybe there's other clubs that are this good, but it's like it's just it happened to have this good relationship with them. Where yeah, you know, well they're kind of discussion. You know? Well, yeah, they yeah, they yeah. it seems like at least from that room, what they are trying to foster is not yeah. just like this edgy. You know, I mean, I mean there could be edgy comedians here, but they're 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 the mentality at least that I seemed to to see was that it was just nice people. Yeah, and if there's nice people and they are, you know, they have their goals, but. It just allows you to to feel more confident in what you're doing. I mean, I, I felt I, w- I was so hoping I got well, I got to go up there because like this room, I just vibe is just what I need. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but that's two questions here. I was kind of thinking about other mics that you've gone to, like the, the that you like, or or you don't have to go into what you don't like. But but what are other places that that you've been around to that you've enjoyed? Sure. Well, the um, the other main mic I've been to is the Ha Ha Comedy Club okay. and um, I've heard of that one NoHo it's like yeah. yes. Burbank East, West whatever that okay. is I don't know very similar but uh, anyway um, you know there's pluses and minuses with that which I was gonna get I was gonna get to my issues with, with Flappers okay because oh, okay. as great as Flappers is and you get support it's kinda like part of me wants that support taken away you know yes it feels like Whatever material I'm working on, it's getting a warm support and laughs. Oh, yeah. And it's like, I want to be in a, a room that's a little more competitive or dead or something, you know, just to, to well, amplify the, the energy, you know. Yeah, yeah. Come hang out in L.A. a little bit more. <laughs> I'll, 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 uh, I'll, I, I felt that. By, like, Fanatic Slum was great, like, one night, and then, like, I went back, and it was just, like, yeah. dead. So, so, yeah, so 
you know, it's a basic issue with the HaHa Club is um, instead of flappers, you your name's on a list and yeah. you're, you're set to go because yeah. you paid. Yeah. HaHa, you pay, and I, technically you're set to go, but they put the names in a bucket. Okay. And um, the, the stereotype I've heard, which bears out as true, I don't know if it's, like, logistically true, is that it's a random list, mm. but... If you're new there and the host doesn't know you, you're always getting pulled like the like the headliner spot. Yeah, and it gets ridiculously long. And you're waiting there for like yeah hours and yeah, hours. Yeah. It feels like it probably is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It can it can be like you're waiting and yeah. You know it, it's interesting because even when I host mine, you know some people will come in and say, "Can you work me in a little bit earlier?" And I don't want anybody to feel like they have to wait or have to leave early. And I think I just made that kind of clear from the beginning. I will work you in if, if it's really a necessity. It won't be something all the time, but I do case by case. And and it's at a bar that I hosted, and, and people do give feedback. And and I, I, you know, there are some people who don't receive feedback very well because they think that they are amazing shit. Oh yeah. And uh, and I've I've had to deal with those people, and I've told them that your jokes are crossing the line of very inappropriate wow. and sometimes they think that they're and i and i host it and i and I don't, I don't like getting this way but i've every now i i had to talk to one individual and i said you need to look at me as like i'm your supervisor and you're about to get fired from an open mic wow <laughs> that you keep coming back to and keep telling inappropriate jokes i do not want that here i do not want to be associated with that and the person continues to get defensive about it, and I'm just like, I tried to help you, you know. But I try to give feedback as well to folks. And then I just want to know a little more about you. Sure. Like, what comedians inspire you, or what kind of art forms inspire you, or what kind of stories or things in your life inspire your humor? That's a great question. Um, Thank you. Yes. That's, that's, that's known as a stalling tactic while I'm trying to think of something. But, yeah. Uh, no, um... You know, I've always had uh, a bit of, um, I guess you call it a throwback mentality. It just happen. It doesn't feel that like that. You know, for example, a comic like um, way different examples, but uh, like Rodney Dangerfield, for yes, example. Yes. Yes. It's like I just love that um, that sort of that ener- that energy yeah. that he gives. No respect. No respect. And this weird mix of love and sarcasm and, yeah. and, and just the, the rapid fire like nature yeah. of it it's like yeah it's, it's, he's just one after the next yeah. and, and he can always fall back on his no respect thing whenever like you know yeah. it's you, you expect it so you like you kind of like those throwbacks uh, but do you draw on any like personal stuff or are you are you you, you seem like a pretty happy guy where <laughs> try to yeah but I mean <laughs> you, your parents like seem supportive of you and uh, there's another comedian here, Whitney Rayner, and her whole thing is that she did not have a traumatic childhood like the rest of these comedians. Yeah. So, her, you know, she talks about like, like, you know, you know, she said something about I came close when my mom got cancer, but she survived, so everything's okay. And, and it's, it's you know, you hear a lot of like comedians, like even you know, I think of Patton Oswalt, you know, uh, like even. Mark Marin, just they they draw from like their addictions or their or the pain that they've seen, mm-hmm. you know, in their lives, and you don't have to dive into that. But it doesn't appear to me like that you you know you've had your things, but you're drawing more just from the something else, something more positive, or something maybe just other comedians in their humor. What would you say to that? 
Is there anything? Yeah, to add to it? Um, you know, it's a fine line. It's like um, I'm drawing from the joy of being able to be comedic on stage, uh-huh. but at the same time, I'm trying to go back and put myself in it, yeah. so it's not just a performative, yeah. soulless gimmick. Yeah. So, you know what? So it ends up happening is like I'm sort of finding. Uh, like you say, these deeper anxieties, but I'm, I'm making smaller ones into bigger ones. Like, you know, I'm single and I try to, I try to date Yeah, and it's frustrating. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't have to, you know, it's not like, yeah, it's not, cru- it's, it's, it's not, not soul crushing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't need the catharsis of release or anything, yeah. but at the same time I can pull from that and sort of develop. Right. And that's what connects yeah. people to it. You know, like, you know, some people really draw into their uncomfort and I do that sometimes with my stories, but you know, even that, like the simple anxieties of like, you know, just meeting somebody the first time or going on a blind date or, or you know, is, is that... I, I know some people who set themselves up for, like, disaster sometimes because they're so driven and motivated to do comedy that they're like, I can't wait till this thing screws up. Just so that... I mean, it's kind of sadistic in some ways because, like, you're dealing with real people and you're, like, you're, like, purposely, like, sabotaging this date that this other person has no idea just so you can write your material. I said... That's an issue within itself. I hope that one day you go to enough therapy (laughs) to, like, deal with that and then draw from, like, that experience to actually inform, like, this is how I used to be. I used to go on dates to ruin these women's lives so I could write jokes about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but but you're drawing from more, like, kind of simple things. And that's kind of like that clean comedy, you know, which is very popular. I I mean, yeah. yeah. You actually remind me of this comedian when you sent the thing callback. There's this comedian in Seattle named, named Robbie Schrader who tells this joke. He says, uh, he'll tell a joke and then he'll say something about Star 69 and he'll go, that's a callback. So he tells jokes like that the whole, whole oh, yeah. it's just these like quick one-liners and you warm up to it in that way. I mean, I mean you, want, you had this similar presence to him, which is just very like e- e- relatable and easygoing, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know if that's what my read was. That was, and even just standing outside before, I was like, is it, "What's this guy thinking of me? Just standing here, like I'm whatever." Yeah, I, I, what did you think when you first met me outside? Who the hell is this guy? Uh, yeah, I think um, it was good to hear, good, good for you to explain some things. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know. I mean, not to be, it would be, you would be brutally honest with me, because no bearing on you. But it's just there's a lot of homeless people. <laughs> There was at least two people just sitting at the flappers' entrance, like they were supposed to be there. Like you know, I, you know, it's funny. I, I have, I, I'm so out of money. I feel like a cliche comedian. I'm going through a divorce. All sorts of weird things are going on, and I, like, went all the way from Culver City. I didn't have enough money to get an Uber back. I didn't know anybody, so I just walked all the way back to Santa Monica. But I didn't... My phone was about to die. Sure. And so I needed a map on how to get back. And I walk into... There's the only one... Like, I asked this restaurant. They let me plug it in. They're like, no. Probably because they thought I was, like, some weird homeless guy wandering around. I said, I'm not... Yeah, Is it just just let me plug it in? And the guy's (laughs) like... He's like, I'm sorry, we can't. I said, like, if I were... Whatever. I moved on. And then I saw this fencing studio open. And I try to say hi to the people, and I walk in, and there's like this fencing coach. He's all like standing upright and proper. And then I say, Excuse me. And he goes, Hey, don't sneak in like that. And I I said, I I just walked in. 
I said, I said, can I use your, your outlet to charge my phone? And he goes, he said, yeah, but class is about to start. And you need to get out soon. And I was like, I get it. Yeah. Seeing somebody strange with a backpack walking in here with a hat that looks chewed up and stuff. Yeah. I said, I said, it's not what you think. I'm a comedian. And I have a real job. I'm also a therapist. Huh. And I'm a dad. And I don't have and I don't have a charge on my phone and I don't have any money. So it's yeah. all good. And I said I tried to explain to him, my daughter has done fencing before and he just kinda said, Okay, just and I, I I charged my phone for just a minute and had enough to just get back. It's it's it is it's it is a uh, Yes, I'm not surprised you thought I was some homeless guy <laughs> and my bravado by like, hey, how you doing? It was, only, thought, for a, it was only for a minute. Only like for a minute. Of my eye, you yeah. know, nothing, nothing too bad. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Well, I'll ask you this, then we can wrap it up. I, first, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to do this. It's very nice to meet you, Jason Luna. This is also a way for me to kind of remember people a little bit better because I now you meet all these people and I'll say, oh, I want to interview you, I want to interview you, get in touch with me. But it's nice to just do it immediately because I will not forget you. Yeah. And I don't know where my career is going, but I'm really trying to support the scene and get more people known. And now I know you, I'll, you know, you just never know what will happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you kind of mentioned this. What are, what are some goals of your, what are something that you can even plug here if you want? Sure. Um, I'll plug first, I guess. Uh, so uh, at Flappers, Saturday, May 14th at 7, 7 p.m., uh, my commercial agent, putting on a showcase for his clients that do stand-up comedy. Oh, nice. Uh, he's cool. done, in the past year or so, he's done, like, eight of these. Uh-huh. And I've been to a bunch. They're super fun. Yeah. Lots of great comics. Hopefully I'm one of them, you know? But, uh, hey. And, then, and uh, so, uh, yeah, check that out at Yoohoo Room at Flappers, May 14th, 7 p.m. Okay, yes. cool. Yeah. And so, so general goals, yeah, I, I want to keep working. Like I mentioned before, Flappers is great, but it feels like... It's its own insular yeah, world sometimes. It's a little world. So I want to go out to, you know, fi- just find the mics that are out there. Like, I mean, com- com- comedy store and improv seem a little bit much, but there's more in the middle that totally. I want to explore and, and, yeah. reach, and meet more people and stuff. Well, yeah. LA's got a good scene, but I say whenever you travel or get out of state, look up the open mic list. Even if you're in, like, some weird part of, like, uh, Indiana or whatever, you just never know. Or you... you just walk into a karaoke bar and just tell a few jokes. I do that too. Wow. I mean, yeah, and um, but you just kind of get to know the scenes. You get practice wherever you go, and you know. Seriously, if you're ever in the Northwest, I know Portland people. I know you know. You just kind of form these little networks of people. But definitely in Seattle, like there's good mics there, and we. Lo- I love having other people there because you get to you'll you're you will have a take on our scene. Yeah, and it'll be refreshing, and. I said this, just my observation is that because everybody here in Los Angeles, a lot of them, not everybody, but is driven to be entertainers, there's a stronger stage presence in some ways, which I feel that, you know, Seattle folks could gain something from. There are really good, talented comedians in Seattle that have strong stage presence, but there's, you know, there's like kind of that grungy kind of feel still there, that that thing that's kind of lingered for years, which is good. It's a cultural thing, Mm -hmm. but um, I want to see more of it. Well, we'll wrap this up. Thank you so much. And um, I, I got out of the camera view. You stayed in, but that's okay. Uh, this is our Dino Dad chat, and uh, have a good night. You too. You too.